everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Nick, how you doing? Good. Hey, you called me by my first name. (laughs) I did. There it is. Uh, I I told my daughters last night at dinner that from now on, I would prefer that they refer to me as Dr. Wignall instead of daddy. <laughs> How'd that go over? They just laughed and got Good. up and went and did their own thing. Yeah. That'd be my response as well. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> you have smart, you have smart daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about, I got this question. Um, listener emailed me. How can I let go of a long-term relationship? Mm. so yeah big question good question i think the place to probably start is to clarify um a few things here we don't have a lot of information obviously just this this Mm -hmm. one question Mm -hmm. um but like when you hear this question what's the first thing what question do you have about this question first off like what what goes through your mind i think the answer is in the wording in a way And, and and that seems like an oversimplification and so of course we're going to talk about this for a few minutes but um, there's a tendency sometimes to not let go. And there's, I think, very behavioral and uh, cognitive patterns that are present when people mm. are not letting go. And so when someone asks me about kind of getting over someone or letting go, um, often there's a problem maybe in one of those areas. Yeah, that's a great point. I have to think whenever this phrase comes up, my question to them is when you hear the phrase, let go, are you thinking about a feeling or a behavior? <laughs> Cause I think mm-hmm. people often associate that term with this feeling of kind of like release and like, it's not something I have to worry about anymore. And I feel Doesn't hurt calm anymore. and at peace yeah. and like, yeah. But if you think, as you sort of pointed out, let go is that is a behavior. That is an action. <laughs> that is something <laughs> yeah. you do. Right. Yeah. Um, it's actually very, literally a very tangible, if you think about literally letting go of something. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's key. And I think we should kind of dive in there. Th- the first thing I want to clarify though, is there are, you know, long letting go of a long-term relationship. There's a lot of things that could prompt that. Right. And that could be somewhat different. I don't know. I want to get your take on this, but like what, you know, someone, um, you know, you're, girlfriend of three years broke up with you suddenly and unexpectedly. How do I let go of that? Mm -hmm. Or your spouse of 40 years died recently. How do I Mm -hmm. let Mm -hmm. go of that? Right. Um, how do I, I got laid off from a job that I loved, right? Mm -hmm. So it could literally be like a relationship with, you know, a a job or a, like a a calling or something. Um, or or just let's say like, like a significant life change just a change. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it was, it's hard sometimes to let go of what you had. You my know? kids left for college. They didn't die. They didn't break up with me. They're just not here. They're all just the not time, here. Yeah. My right? life is different. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you think on a high level, we'll, we'll dive into the details, but do you think, do you think it changes? Do you think the answer to that question changes depending on the nature of the relationship? No, no. Okay. <laughs> trying to but you often you well you're the you're the reductionist that likes to just simplify everything and i'm i I think i'm more i would call it more nuanced and um you're such a nuanced guy but um i think that grief is grief in a way Mm. and and there might be 
um, variables surrounding grief that that impacts its flavor. But I think that grief is grief. I'm going to go with that I, for now. I think I'm with you, but let's let's run through a hypothetical. So okay. Kate, situation A is, um, you know, my girlfriend broke up with me. I don't know why. I didn't want to be broken up with. I still love her, um, but people keep telling me I have to let go of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Situation B is like, I don't know. Yeah. My, my spouse of 40 years passed away. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just like think about him all the time. And I, you know, I know I just need to stop and move on with my life. Mm -hmm. So would your suggestions to those two people basically be the same or would they be different or how would you think about that? So person A, I I think it would be very similar where both people experienced an unwanted loss of some sort. Yep. Um, and weren't prepared for it and probably struggling to make meaning and, and, mm. um, deal with that in some way. Yeah. Um, well, that's, know, one, that's an interesting idea. Like make meaning that, that almost implies the opposite of letting go. You're actually like constructing more out of that yeah, relationship. Well, and, and if you look at the patterns that people, you know, kind of get sucked into when it's unhealthy grieving, it, it, there's a lot of, um, you know, I don't understand. I need to understand what happened. There's Mm. a lot of closure that's wanted and desired in there because, and so your mind's pulled to kind of ruminate and fixate and think about and obsess over some of those things because they're things that hurt you. And, and, uh, you're looking for control and you're looking for healing Mm. and understanding. And so you revisit these things over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah. So there's where let, you know, letting go, like, what do we mean by that? Do you mean you're not going to feel uncomfortable about the fact that you don't know why someone broke up with you, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) that you're not going to, like, are you never going to feel a sense of like the anxiety that goes along with uncertainty or lack of control? I don't know. That's, that's a tough expectation, right? Yeah. Or to take kind of step a level up, are you going to let go of your need for certainty about why it ended? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to let go of the feeling or do you want to let go of your expectation that you ought to know why it all happened? Yeah. Or, or, or equating your um, ability to move forward in life with um, Mm. needing to know a lot of people do that. I can't move forward until I understand what happened here. And Mm -hmm. um, getting to a point where you realize I may never understand what happened there um, is, is a, can be a healthy thing. Yeah. So that I would say like, that's maybe obstacle number one that I've seen with why people struggle to let go of relationships, whatever the case is, some sort of need, like kind of unrealistic need for knowledge, certainty, understanding, whatever. And if that's how you frame things, like I need to understand this or else it's not going to be okay. That's rough because our understanding is imperfect. And it's likely that you never get the kind of understanding you want, which Mm -hmm. is a setup for just kind of chronic misery and yeah. unhappiness with that. One caveat I, I would say is that these are also very natural parts of grief. I, I think it just gets, um, as we talk about these things, it's kind of getting kind of stuck and entrenched in these kind of patterns um, that that will kind of um, impede normal recovery from, mm-hmm. from a, a natural kind of grief process. So of course you're going to have memories. Uh, um, of course you're going to remember that the pain and why it's there. And of course you're going to experience those things, but, um, it's, it's your time spent in that memory and what that memory is, is fixated on and, and how that, um, how useful that is that I think, um, 
addresses what we're talking about. Yeah. And of course you're, you're going to want closure. You're going to want to understand everything. Right. But that's a very different thing than expecting that you should have it, that someone else has a right or has the obligation to give it to you or that you can't move on until you do. Or so I think that's key, right? Yeah. Or, or pouring over old texts and emails and pictures and, and, you know, doing that over and over and over again, looking for evidence of, of, either the the offense that this shouldn't have happened or why it would have happened or whatever it is but it's it's in those kinds of things that that it's the opposite of letting go it's kind of a holding on in a way it's it's really really holding on to right yeah and that but that's because of that higher level belief that expectation that what letting go or moving on means is that i understand everything about it it and that's some kind of zen peace with with it all yeah the other thing too, I think that that comes up is that, so that's more about kind of uncertainty and the desire for knowledge. But I think there's another level of this is control and like a desire for control. So I see this a lot with, with grief after they've, people have passed away or, um, but there's this, people will be kind of peppered with memories of the, the, the person that, um, that passed away or left or whatever. Yeah. Naturally. Naturally. (laughs) And I think in their mind, the expectation is I shouldn't have to think about this anymore. Like these memories should not, like at some point they shouldn't come up anymore. They should be way less than whatever I'm currently <laughs> right. experiencing now. Right. And I think that's, that's tough because again, you don't have control over whether a memory pops into your head or not. That is right. not like a dial you have access to on your control panel. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, as much as you want to, and it's, re- it's really a setup if, if the, the way you're setting up the rules of the game is I should be able to control this thing that ultimately you can't control. Like that's, that's rough. That's a setup again for kind of yeah. misery and, and, unhappiness. And, then, and then sometimes that turns into, because I have these memories, I'm not over, I'm not over and, them. I'm not I'm, processing know, my grief in a healthy way. I'm right. Yeah. Whatever yep. it is. So, yeah, you know, I had a, a grad school advisor that, that dealt a lot with grief, um, Tony Papa. And his idea was that uh, grief was kind of an identity crisis in some ways, that Hmm. when people lose someone close to them, that vacancy is very confusing. You know, if, if you lose a spouse and you no longer have the same friend group or you no longer do the same activities that you did with them and you're no longer, so then you have this void of time mm. too, which is ripe for rumination, obsession, fixating on those things. Yeah. So um, one of my recommendations for letting go in quotes is um, to begin new activities, mm. look for new um um, identities, basically, we, we kind of are what we do. And so it makes sense to um, look at those those areas in your life that are now changed or altered and, and uh, address them. Find something yeah, I, there. I love that. And I would put a little sub bullet point under there, which is not just look for new kind of identities or new relationships. Um, but like, take advantage of the ones you already have. Like, this is one of the things I definitely see a lot definitely. is that people have this like, really great kind of social support network mm-hmm. that they're not taking advantage of, that they're and not they, investing in or spending time in. They'll um, isolate. Often yeah. when you feel that grief and that loneliness, uh, people isolate, which is interesting, yep. but it, it's a very common thing to kind of really I, draw. Okay, inward, wait, let's know? talk about that for a second. Cause I think I have a theory on that. I think people, I think a big part of why people isolate is v- very simply like they don't want to have to talk about the loss or the thing that, and they don't want everything to be about the loss. 
and they're afraid that like, oh, I'm going to hang out and it's just going to turn into this big therapy session. And like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right? right. So I right. think one really straightforward thing you can do is like, contact some of your best friend or some group you want to hang out with and say like, look, guys, like I'd love to hang out. I really don't particularly feel like talking about whatever the loss was. Um, yeah. So if that's okay with you guys. Like, let's just hang. So you just take that off the table so that it actually becomes something um, potentially enjoyable or meaningful. But I think the more you can kind of invest in new or existing relationships to your point, I think that's a great way to, um, to end up letting go of that stuff you don't want to be as consumed by anymore. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I really do. And, and that tendency to avoid others and, and um, isolate, usually not a good idea if it turns into a habit. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too that I found helpful is that you can be kind of, um, you know, letting go doesn't mean that you never think about or reflect on or, you know, process the person, or miss, right? Or miss or, yeah. or, or, yeah, have a moment where you're like, oh yeah, that, that's probably unlikely. Think about that. If, <laughs> if you've ever loved someone in your life, then the likelihood of you remembering that person without any kind of valence at all is, is highly unlikely. Yeah. Yep. The idea is how do you live with those feelings and how do you go on and, and create a life you're happy in and, and how do you move forward? Yeah. I think that's, it makes me think too of the, um, the old, the, uh, the first couple lines of the, the serenity prayer, which is a, you know, the big thing in, in mm-hmm. AA Alcoholics Anonymous, which is mm-hmm. something along the lines of, um, you know, give me the, the strength to accept the things I can't control mm-hmm. and the courage to control the things I can or something like that. Something well, like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is it? You get. You probably know. You, you, you butchered it pretty badly. But <laughs> there's a lot of people that go to AA that are just really laughing at you right now. But it's something about recognizing the difference between the, the serenity to accept the things too. I can't control and anyway to accept the things I can't and the wisdom to know uh, the difference and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, 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 but that's the whole thing, right? <laughs> control. It's all about control. What are the things when it comes to letting go of someone? What are the things I can't control? Well, whether right. a memory of them pops into your head or not your initial thoughts that, that pop into your head and about the person and how you feel about it, whatever. Cannot control that. Sorry. Whether mm-hmm. other, be- other people bring it up, maybe a little bit, but ultimately, no, you can't control whether someone decides to talk about you know your spouse right. that passed away or whatever it is, right? right? Do not try to control those things. Accept them, right? And then do take control of what you, what you do actually have some influence over, which mm-hmm. I think primarily is your attention and your behavior. What do you yeah. choose to focus on and what do you actually do, right? right. Yeah. The, and, but if you're spending all your time and energy trying to control the stuff you can't control, you're not going to have much energy left over for taking control over the things you can actually influence. Like, w- again, what you're doing and where your attention goes and is focused on. Right? So I, th- I think as sort of an overall principle, um, it's, the idea of control is really important. That the, the wisdom to know the difference between what are the things I have control over and what are the things I don't. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Our thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of What Would My Shrink Say? As therapists, Todd and I know how painful emotional struggles can be. From anxiety and low self-esteem to relationship conflict and self-doubt, 
painful patterns of thought and emotion are brutal to live with and tragic in how they sabotage our goals and aspirations. And while we hope this podcast is a helpful starting point, there's no substitute for working one-on-one with a professional therapist. BetterHelp is the easiest way to find a great therapist who's great for you. When you sign into their secure online platform, they'll assess your specific needs and match you up with a licensed professional therapist so you can get started in as quickly as 48 hours. And with a network of over 20,000 professional therapists, it's available to anyone worldwide. You can log into your account anytime to message your therapist or schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Visit betterhelp.com backslash what would my shrink say to get started right away. And as listeners of the show, you'll get 10% off your first month when you sign up using our link, betterhelp.com backslash what would my shrink say, which you can also find in the show notes. Once again, our thanks to BetterHelp for...